Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Maradero. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. Brought to you by Essentia, the world's only natural memory foam mattress. Beyond organic sleep. Marinero, the sick podcast. What a pleasure. What an honor. It's not every day that you get to talk to the number one hockey agent in the world. And I would say probably a top 10 agent, any sport in the world. He is an unbelievable success story. He is from La Belle Province. He is in Los Angeles right now. Abrisson, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thanks for the intro. It's a little too much. I appreciate it. It's uh, it's it is what it is. It's much deserved. But what a career which started with playing hockey as a young boy, of course, in the province of Quebec, uh, which you make your way to the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. And you're yeah. you're playing for the juniors. I believe the Verdun juniors yeah. with a certain Pat Lafontaine. Huh? That must have been fun. Yeah, it was special to play with Pat. I mean, that's the year where the rivalry between Laval and Verdun, La Fontaine versus Lemieux, uh, it, was, it was special. The two guys going head to head with, like, I think Pat had 234 points that year, and Mario was right around that as well. So it was a special and unique experience. Uh, and on that team with Gerard Gallant, who's a, you know, a really good coach in the NHL, was gonna, I assume he's going to get a job soon, and many great players. So it was a great experience. You know, Pat, I, I love talking about greatness. You, you have to tell me a LaFontaine story. You have to tell me a Lemieux story. Well, LaFontaine, my God. Um, he took, uh, you know, when, uh, a story. I mean, he, he was a quality guy, first of all. He was such a teammate. You know, like, for me, growing up, Valley Field, I, I didn't speak English much back then. And, and going to Verdun, I was exposed to a lot right away, going to the big city and seeing this young uh, superstar coming from the u.s and people were talking about him a lot and just the way he he took over our league and but how good of a person he was uh he was very generous to all of us because he was getting all the attention i mean he was a journal de montreal mac la chapelle all of that they were all around him and but the thing if i have a story i mean i it's just the way actually i do have a quick story i remember sitting with him I've said this story before. I was sitting with them in Verdun watching. We're watching um, an NHL club practicing because they used to some, sometimes they used to come and practice at the oh. Verdun Arena and while they're, they're playing uh, at the World Forum. And so we're sitting, he and I, up in the stands, and it was towards the end of the season, and Pat knew like, he was going to be high pick in the NHL. And he says, he says, I can't wait. He sat next to me. He says, I can't wait to be in the NHL. That's my goal in the next few years. And I was at a point where my career, where I knew was a good player, but I, I paused when he said that. And I said, you know what? I'm not so sure if I'm going to be there one day, but I'm going to be something in hockey. And I do remember that conversation together where we're sitting. It's unbelievable. That's probably like 40 years ago. <laughs> I was something close to that. But no, he was a, listen, he was a fantastic guy. And Mario Lemieux, I mean, Mario, we, we became close friends. I mean, Mario, was, I don't have to say anything about him as a player and also the impact he had on all of us uh, uh, in the Quebec League. And and, and, uh, and and personally, he had a huge impact for me because he, uh, when I started the business with Luke Robitaille, 
Mario in the early days of my career, Mario is the one that also believed in me and doing and putting together marketing deals, working with Tom and Steve Rich. Uh, Tom was a famous baseball agent and Steve's nephew was starting the business to it, a great business mind. And, but Mario believed in, in, in me. He's the one that introduced me to the rich, uh, family, Tom and Steve. And, um, and uh, gave me an opportunity to to explore marketing deals for him, and I, that was special because you know I, he was arguably the best player. Him and Wayne were the best players in that in, at that time, and brands were coming hard at that Mario, and he had me uh, you know involved in it at a, at a young age. So and we became very very close friends uh, over the years, and and obviously uh, when. Uh, you know the, the the Pittsburgh got the the lucky ball with Sid and and, uh-huh. and the year before Gino Malkin, who were both clients. I mean, our relationship became closer and closer because we ended up spending more time together. So, but there's so many stories, so many great memories, and uh, and more to come. Hopefully, you know. You went on from uh, the Redun Juniors to the uh, Voltigeur de Drummondville, and then to the uh, uh, to Hall, of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and there you played with uh, you played with Luke Robitaille. You also played with Girulo. Girulo, one hundred and ninety-one points. Can you tell me why he never played in the National Hockey League? Was it his size? I, I, I still cra- scratch my head when we talk about Girulo. Girulo, the three best junior players I've ever played with or against are Lafontaine, Mario, obviously, and Girulo. Girulo and Luke Robitaille would tell you the same thing too. Girulo is a a fantastic athlete and an amazing hockey player, tremendous hockey sense, everything. Yes, he was 5'9", 175 pounds. Um, I don't know if it's timing. I don't know. Uh, it was somehow, and I'm not pointing fingers, mishandled at one point. This guy should have had a 15-year career in the NHL. He was arguably the – in today's game, Giro I mean, again, I can't say enough things. I – the stuff this guy was doing on the ice uh, was so special, but uh, I don't have the answer why, uh, to be honest. Even, even your dog is upset. Yeah, my dog, yeah, he reacts to that when he hears Giro Low. And when he feels that I'm a little bit uh, upset or emotional about something, like he was a special player. I guess he, he used to, I mean, during practices, we used to practice plays together, Guy, Luke, and I. And, and I remember Guy been spending time with Luke about – and Luke was arguably one of the best shooter in the in the game, and mm-hmm. and he spent time with Luke about his wrist shot and stuff like that. And Luke was listening to Guy. Luke would be the first one to talk about Guy that way. I'm Marinero. He is Pat Brisson, and this show is brought to you by Essentia, the world's only natural memory foam mattress. Go to myessentia.com/sickpod and see why Essentia is the mattress of choice for many athletes, including over 25 percent of professional hockey players. Use code SICKPOD. For a free pillow with your purchase, Essentia Beyond Organic Sleep. I know we all know the importance of sleep. Sleep. Uh, speaking of which, I believe you're on Essentia, are you not? Well, I, of course. I've been uh, friends with Jack and Essentia for, for 10, 12 years now. I've been using only only the mattresses. Actually, I didn't even know you were sponsored by. You're involved with Essentia. It's a great mattress. I highly recommend it to all our players. Uh, uh, all our, our beds in our houses uh, are essential. I mean, it's organic. It's great. Recovery is important. Sleep is key, key to success. I mean, for for athletes, non-athletes. So it's uh, so this way. We spend a third of our lives in our beds. So it's important to uh, to find uh, to find the right mattress. You're right about that. Look, you mentioned Mario Lemieux and how instrumental he was for your career as a hockey agent. 
But the Gretzky trade also was a turning point in your life, right? Well, the Gretzky trade, I came here in, uh, in L.A. Uh, October 87, and Gretzky got traded here um, uh, 88, uh, August 88, August 9th. Uh, it was a year after I'd already been here, and hockey was really at the infant stage, if, uh, if you want to say it this way, uh, uh, regarding youth hockey and all the – there are no rinks around. Um, there are no uh, – youth hockey was like uh, even adult hockey. So I'd spent a year here, and and when Wayne got traded here, I mean, that's when the youth hockey boom, uh, adult hockey, uh, guys, it used to be a league of six teams, and it went from six to 20. And then actors, actresses, musicians, producers, all of a sudden, they, they start getting really involved with hockey and on the ice, off the ice. Uh, it was an amazing era for hockey in Southern California. The salary cap, I want to talk to you about it. I would imagine uh, in, in an ideal world for an agent such as yourself, You'd rather not have a cap. Would that be accurate? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it would create, uh, you know, uh, it's interesting. And we talk about a, a, a parody, but uh, it, it would create amazing kind of, uh, competition still if we have a, a, a non-cap system. And I know it's almost a non-starter. We have an extension, a, a four-year extension to CBA. We have four or five years left or six years left already. Uh, but teams in big markets even you know they'd be able to keep you know some of their stars longer players that they drafted and uh but anyway it, I, i'd rather operate in an all-cap system absolutely a shout out to excellent photo centrally located close to downtown shopping and universities ships to all of canada professional staff at the store and online to help you choose the gear that you really need marinero and pat brisson it's the sick podcast speaking of the salary cap uh, what was it? I think three and a half years ago, one of your clients, Matt Duchesne, was involved in a trade from Colorado to Ottawa, which ended up being a three-team deal with Nashville also involved. Yeah. You helped broker that deal, did you not? Can you take me through it? Yeah, it took it took longer than I expected. That at first, uh, when uh, we had asked for uh, Joe Sackick to see if he wanted to move uh, Matty, right at the trade deadline of the prior year, and he wasn't successful. Then at the draft, I thought it was going to occur then. Remember, Ottawa was in the mix, and so was uh, Nashville. I mean, we all knew that Matt had a, um, a penchant, so to speak, for Nashville. It's a place that he wanted to go play. And uh, and um, then the start of the season uh, occurred, and, and he wasn't traded by then. So I had a lot, a lot of conversations with Joe Sackick at the time on a day-to-day basis, and and we had conference calls at one point between us and uh, Ottawa and uh, in Nashville. Uh, Nashville couldn't pull the trigger on a direct trade Duchesne with Colorado. So Ottawa became the mix. And at the time when the Maddie went to Ottawa, Ottawa had, Ottawa had a good team. They still had a lot of good players. Stone was there, Craig Carlson and all that. And uh, so um, – we did it. Uh, there were a chance at that point that he was going to sign an extension in Ottawa. and But then, you know, uh, things went in a different direction. They started moving players and all that. And now that's why Ottawa's got so many young prospects and, and high-end prospects. And that's what Pierre Dorian had decided to. After he saw that Duchesne was going to sign an extension in Stone, he decided to rebuild. And that's why he's got all these picks and these high-end players. Pat, one of the, uh, the the things that made major headlines this year, probably you would have wished that it didn't, 
was the Tony D'Angelo situation. I want to talk about it. It's much reported that he was involved in an altercation with one of his teammates. Yeah. New York Rangers basically told him to go home at that point. Um, why Why didn't a deal take place? Strictly salary cap reasons or, you know, how concerned are you that this player now, who's one of your clients, like I said, comes with a label that he's a problem player, whether he is or he isn't? Well, first of all, uh, Tony is a is a is a great person. Um, he's a hell. I, of a I never I never met a Tony I didn't like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, he's a good guy. He's a good person. He's gone through a lot this year. I mean, um, I like players with characters. Altercations between teammates will happen in a comp- competitive environment, and a lot of times we don't hear about it unless the media get, get you know they get a hold of it. The situation with Tony, too, he was perhaps a little bit too active with his social media account uh, during the elections, and he probably rubbed off, you know, rubbed people the wrong way. Uh, something that um, uh, Sammy could probably teach him there, too, at social media. So, But uh, yeah. Tony learned his lesson a little bit that way, um, speaks from the heart. And I think it was an accumulation of a few things. And when uh, he was waived, um, certain bloggers uh, unfairly, uh, unfounded uh, wrote certain stories that did not make sense, but it kind of put a lot of uh, a spin to um, who he was really as a person. And I would say I, I did have a lot of interest and teams who were interested in, in Tony, but at that point they, they backed out. They, 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 they were nervous, uh, short season. He's at four and eight, four, eight AAV. Um, it took a lot of time to be honest with you. I spent a lot of time, uh, with uh, on this file, and uh, at the trade deadline, we almost had a couple uh, uh, deals, but he would have had to terminate his contract. So, long story short, we'll see what's going to happen this summer. Chris Drury is the uh, you know president GM now. We're obviously anticipating he's probably going to get bought out, and but we're ready for him to find a new home this summer. I'm uh, I'm very uh, optimistic that he'll have a. a uh, a place to play and a good place and a good opportunity this summer. So if you want to place your bets on my bookie, go to mybookie.ag slash the sick podcast and use code sick picks for a 50% deposit bonus bet, win, get paid. And uh, you can probably bet a dollar or two that uh, Tony D'Angelo is going to find himself a team in the off season. All right. So you, you talked about social media. I would imagine Pat, you correct me if I'm wrong, that before the season starts, you know, you have a refresher with your clients, with your players to talk to them about using social media responsibly, maybe less is more and stuff like that. But, you know, can, can you, can you, can you talk to me about that? Yeah. And we're fortunate at CAA because we, we deal with, um, you know, musicians, actors, actresses, like I said, and producers and, um, you know, TV personalities. And so we, um, as, as a group, um, you know, it, social media doesn't affect only athletes, it affects the world. So we have sessions, internal sessions with our, our, our people about, uh, you know, um, how to, uh, to manage uh, social media and how to take advantage of social media if you want to mm-hmm. build your brand and so on and so forth. So we're, uh, we, we're very active with our players and, 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 um, you know, giving him all the, hopefully, the, the, the uh, one-on-one lessons, uh, how to, um, to manage uh, social media. Now, some players are not uh, interested in social media yet, or they're just, just at the surface a little bit, and, and we respect that as well. 
uh, our culture in hockey, uh, it's different than basketball and, and some other sports. Sometimes we like to push them a little bit. We'd like mm-hmm. players to want to build their brands a little bit more, be more willing um, because the traditional marketing deals today, uh, you know, used to be, you know, television and prints, uh, point of sales and, and, and pick, you know, pictures, so on and so forth. Now it's more social media. So if you want marketing deals, you got to be active. You got to be more colorful at least, but at the same time, it comes with a price. You got to be active. You got to be, you got to be, you got to post rights. You got to know what you want to be perceived as an athlete or as a personality. So, um, we're, we're heavily invested in that. We have a full uh, marketing management, uh, uh, maintenance group and we work uh, we spend a lot of time on that uh, on a day-to-day basis with our, our players pat i've been doing what i do for about 20 years so i don't let too much bother me because obviously uh, you know you want to distance yourself but brandon dubinsky said something that bothered me and i'm going to tell you why he has sounded off on your client Sidney crosby on more than one occasion over his career and but just recently he did so again and it bothers me because for me, Sidney Crosby is everything that you can want an athlete to be. He's a guy who entered the league with the weight of the world on his shoulders. He's a guy who responded pressure moments, clutch over and over again. He's a three-time Stanley Cup champion. He's an MVP. He's a, he's a gold medal winner. He's, he's a Mr. Sudden Death in the Olympics and the Golden Goal. And throughout all of this, never a bad story, never a situation with Sidney Crosby off ice, in the bar, at the club, this, that, nothing. Yeah. It bothered me that he sounded off like that. As his agent and his friend, how much did it bother you? And does it bother you that sometimes you can actually voice those frustrations or you choose not to? Well, it bothers me from a personal standpoint, if I take it personally, but I don't know Brendan uh, much. I think he wants to also uh, uh, create a little bit of tension, perhaps, between uh, Sid and, and him and Sid and the team, try to, or, or he's looking maybe for attention at the same time. Because uh, I, I can't really express I don't know him much as a person. Uh, but anyone who, who, who would take liberty to attack Sydney, I mean, uh, uh, I, I think they have to – Think about it twice. I mean, if, 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 it's, if it's in a competitive environment, I can understand on the ice, chirping guys, going hard, try to get players off their games. And I, there was a time maybe earlier on in his career, Sidney was uh, taking off his game a little bit. Uh, but I tell you what, the last six to seven years, there's no way. I mean, you can say whatever you want. He's, 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 he's so focused. He's always been focused and determined. And you were talking about an example. He's an impeccable example as a – as an athlete, but the people that know this guy off the ice, uh, it's even greater. Uh, it's, it's, he's, he's just an amazing uh, person and the way he, what he's done for a game as an ambassador and, and for all the players that are uh, younger than him and looking up to him about his work ethic, his consistency, because the hardest thing for an athlete is, is to be consistent. Um, you know, a talented person is one thing, uh, um, but showing to work every night and going to practice like your your job depends on it every day and be consistent. It's one of the big, uh, I think, the nicest quality that he has. So I don't know for Dubinsky to do to say what he says. I, I take yeah. I don't want to take it personal, but I guess he's trying to throw him off his game. 
I think I chatted. I interviewed Sid once in my life. He was 16 years old. He was playing a Ramuski, and I was just blown away with his maturity. And I went to watch him in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League as well. And for me, he is uh, one of the athletes that I, I, I most respect. And, you know, I, I got two boys at home, and I just I tell them, you know, like just take a look at Sidney Crosby, and, you know, you're not going to be that kind of athlete. Probably not because – he is extra special, but try and be that kind of person. Uh, and uh, anyway, so I'm, I'm a big, big fan. Needless to say, I'll admit it. I really am. With Pat Brisson, um, number one hockey agent in the world, one of the top agents in all of sport. Uh, I'm in Montreal, so Canadians fans are going to be watching this for sure. And last off season, the Montreal Canadiens signed your client Tyler Toffoli as an unrestricted free agent, four years, four point two five per year, if memory serves me well. This season, he leads the team in goals with 28, and he leads them in points with 44. I've often wondered what a general manager tells a player, what a general manager tells his agent when free agency comes around. Can you uh, let me in on what Mark Bergevin said to Tyler Toffoli to entice him to sign with the Montreal Canadiens? Yeah, I mean, uh, we're talking about timing here. I mean, timing was perfect uh, for, for Montreal with Tyler because uh, when Ellie decided to move uh, to, uh, to to trade Tyler to Vancouver, I think it was second-round pick in uh, Madden, um, at that point they decided to go in a different direction. So, But he did very well in Vancouver. He, uh, he was well-liked by the organization. He was well-liked by the, his teammates. I mean, Tyler Toffoli is loved by his teammate. A guy who won the Stanley Cups, a great teammate guy. He's a great teammate and a great player, amazing hockey sense. And um, so Vancouver had interest, but then the pandemic hurt, hit, and and they had the d- different priorities perhaps, and uh, uh, the cash came a little bit uh, short. So they were buying time a bit. We were having ongoing discussions. And uh, then other teams start, then free agency hit, and then the teams start showing interest. But mind you, the cap was going to be flat. Uh, in a different market, Tyler Toffoli would have gotten probably, uh, I would say, six to eight offers in the mid-fives. Um, that's what I had anticipated for about five or six years. But then um, then the, the, the market dried out, and uh, we now then had to play with mirrors, so to speak. And Montreal started showing interest. And uh, all due respect to Montreal, uh, Mark was trying to get us our money we were looking in the fives and he was he was trying to find but montreal was at the cap they didn't have any cap space i remember i think his offer was lower than four because he didn't have four and a quarter and we didn't want four and a quarter we wanted to be in the fives with five and and we could have waited a longer perhaps and mark would have been able to create a little space and give him his five million a year which he deserved by the way um he should be even at six million or north of that based on what he's played uh, how he's played this year but it came a time where we uh, there would be you know an element of risks at that point what do you do and then montreal fulfills that spot and then there's no four million anymore and vancouver didn't have the money at the time maybe they fulfill that spot and then what do you do we had other teams interested and and it, it, it's it's a musical chair. You need to have a lot of experience when you enter free agency. You have to understand the market, and you have to understand when it's time to pull a trigger. And that's what happened in, with Montreal. 
You can go to sportbuffshop.com for all of your officially licensed sports apparel and more. Use code SICK15 for 15% off on all of their items, and that would include a Montreal Canadiens hoodie. Speaking of the Canadians, another very popular player in town, but I want to take you back to the 2019 NHL Amateur Draft. Cole Caulfield, the Montreal Canadiens, had the 15th pick in the draft. Before the draft, Mark Bergevin and his staffers want to take Cole Caulfield out to supper. This has been talked about in Montreal, of course, because it's on video. Mark Bergevin tells you he wants to take Cole Caulfield out to supper. You find out he does. You say what? Um, oh, that was in Buffalo at the at the, um, at the combine. Uh, I remember. Um, I remember the conversation. I mean, I remember we were there with the staff. Our staff, the CA staff, was there. Montreal, yeah. and different teams. Um, I don't know if I asked him to pick up the bill. I can I can refresh your memory if you want because yeah. Okay, it's on video, and Mark Bergevin, uh, because it was on Habs TV, and they showed it, and Mark Bergevin said a story where. He said to you that he was going to uh, bring Caulfield to supper, and you said, Pourquoi? Tu pick Kings. Il va aller dans le top 10. Like, yeah, you're yeah, wasting yeah. your time, right? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, that's true. There was another uh, element to that dinner. Uh, but yeah, true. He uh, he said, Yes, I'm, I'd like to. I said, I said Burge, I said, he, He's going to be gone eight to 10. No, he doesn't pass 10, so you're wasting your time. But he did say, He said, We'll never know. I may move up. And I mean, move up in the draft, and he's he's high on our on our list. I said, well, cool. I mean, it's fine, you know. But I I did remember that's true. That's the part because I thought he was gonna go eight to ten max, no later. But then Mark said he, he can. Uh, I might move up in the draft. We like him that much. So Cole Caulfield wins the Hobie Baker. Uh, of course, what a season he had for Wisconsin. He signs an entry level deal with the Montreal Canadiens. They finally call, call him up to play in a big game versus Calgary. And he's got some scoring chances in game one, some scoring chances in game two, some scoring chances in game three. And in his fourth and fifth NHL game, Pat Brisson, watch this. Cole Caulfield. Part of this overtime, he has not been able to get off. Two The Montreal Canadiens made the playoffs, right, for several reasons. But those two goals are two big reasons why they make the playoffs. When you see that and you think back, he went 15th in the draft. I mean, talk to us about Cole. Well, first of all, I first time I saw Cole play, he was at, it was at the Brick Tournament in, the, in Edmonton. He was 10 years old, and, and he was special. He was a special player, player at that time, scoring big goals, doing the big things. He was, he was a shorter – you know, Shorter player, smaller player too, but always scoring goals. And I have a son who's also born in 01, so we played against him. We used to go to different tournaments, Cole Caulfield, Cole Caulfield. He was always uh, breaking your, your back. You know, the game, it's 2-2, he scored the third one. It's 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 3-2, you know what I mean? He's, he was a goal scorer in the big moment. Then I remember uh, him uh, even – at 15, he played at the end of the year for a national team uh, at Nationals in Pittsburgh. Uh, U18, he got called – not called up, but he finished the season with that team. I think it was Team Wisconsin. I'm not sure. I'm watching the game, and again, overtime, who scores a goal? Cole Caulfield. Cole Caulfield scored goals. NTDP, same thing. 
puts a smile to his face. <laughs> he's always smiling when he scores that goal. <laughs> These goals too. Goldcoff Field is a, a goal scorer, someone who's not afraid to take a shot. He's got an amazing wrist shot. The way he pulls it, you saw that second goal in OT there against Toronto. I mean, he changed the lines off the post. I've seen that over and over again. Even the goal against Ottawa, he come, he come, it cuts across there, and he has the, the mindset to lift it up like over the pad real quick. I mean, it's a gift. He's got that gift. He knows where the goal he's at at all time. That's what he has. Um, and he's got a hard shot, and he's, he's, he's a hardworking uh, player. So um, that's what Cole Caulfield is. He, he, he loves a big moment. He wants the puck on his stick when it counts. And it's rare that you see Cole Caulfield with one shot on goal or two. He'll average – I mean, the NHL is different, but he, 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 puts, he puts pucks on net, and when he puts pucks on net and – Either it goes in or it creates rebounds and, 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 uh, or AVOX. You know what I mean? So Yeah. Uh, your time has been so generous. I probably have three more quick ones for you here, okay? I won't keep you much longer, but uh, when you were at that draft and you saw pick eight and he's not picked, nine, he's not picked, 10, he's not picked, 11, he's not picked, 12, he's not picked, 13, he's not picked, 14, he's not picked. At that point, obviously, he's sliding because of his size or lack thereof. What did you say to yourself when you saw teams pass on Cole Caulfield because of his size? Well, right away, I started saying to myself, someone's going someone's to get a hell of a deal. Someone's going to get a hell of a deal. And I lived it with, uh, with Ken Fowler, uh, with Anaheim. He was ranked fourth. And then the fifth pick, the sixth pick, and, oh, and then he went 12th to Anaheim. And he made the team the following year. Ken Fowler is an outstanding defenseman. And I started being the same way with Cole. I mean – Thought he, um, like right around eight or nine, nine or ten. I said, geez. But teams are picking. It's not easy for teams to make these decisions at 18 also. It's hard for us to go after young prospects when they're 15, 14 years old. It's harder It's harder on us, but it's hard at 18 to pick, uh, you know, right. And that's why I keep saying that there should be a 19-year-old draft in the NHL. But anyway, that's an all different subject. But, yeah, I felt that way when I started – Seeing slipping a little bit, so someone's going to have get a, a hell of a deal, and Montreal got him. You know, there's a huge controversy right now in the province of Quebec. I'm not so sure if you're aware, but uh, even the mayor of Montreal weighed in, even the premier of Quebec weighed in. Last game for the first time in the 112-year history of the Montreal Canadiens, they did not have a Quebec-born player in the lineup. And Premier Legault said, Jeff Molson and Marc Bergevin doivent être sensibles. Que les Québécois aiment ça avoir des Québécois. Si c'était pas bon, je dirais je comprends, mais il y en a qui sont très bons. Right, right. What do you think? I think, um, well, first of all, uh, the responsibility, the responsibilities of, of Jeff and, and, and Mark is to put the best team on the ice. I mean, that's the, the first and foremost. And I know that I believe that at the Tana Egal, if they're both players pretty much the same, They'll probably favor the French Canadian players as as they should. You know, uh, it's it, you know Montreal's in Quebec, uh, but from a performance standpoint, they have to analyze and based on what players are at. I mean, they want to put the best team on the ice and draft the best players they can. So it's a lot of pressure, and I think sometimes, I mean, is it unfair? Listen, I mean, we have one team in Quebec, in the province of Quebec, and I think. Uh, French Canadians are very proud, as they should, of the Montreal Canadiens, and those who are proud of our heritage and our roots. And 
that's why we and we're forcing our opinions. I mean, I'm, I'm in California for 33 years, but I'm still, you know, uh, obviously, uh, you know, proud of my roots. So long story short, I do think that they're sensitive to that and they pay attention to that, but it's not always perfect. And at the same time, there's only 60 Quebec-born players in the National Hockey League. There's 31 teams, and the Canadians do have two of them, by the way, in Philippe Dano and Jonathan Drouin. They just both happen to be out of the lineup right now at the same time. Exactly. I don't know if I'm putting you in a bad position to answer this, but I'll ask it anyway, and if I am, I completely understand. Okay. Because Mark Bergevin's a personal friend of yours. It's been reported, right? You guys know each other way back going back to junior hockey. His contract is up at the end of next season. There's a lot of talk about his future in Montreal. Is there anything you could tell us in terms of your dealings with him and the way he does his job? Well, I think he's under a lot of pressure. And Montreal's in an easy market. I mean, they're, they're probably, I'd say, um, a handful, maybe a little bit like six to eight markets, like close to Montreal, are pressure there. He's been there for 10 years. Uh I mean, it's not for me to evaluate uh, his, 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 his work, but I can say that he's, uh, he's made good trades and he's made good, good decisions overall. And uh, uh, people want to see uh, the team winning for sure. That's how you're judged. I mean, you're, you know, when you're coaching a GM, you're, uh, you, you're, you're evaluated by your wins and losses. Um, and uh, he's fair. He's, uh, he makes decisions. If you look at his uh, track record, I mean, he's not afraid to pull a trigger. Um, usually doesn't sit too much. You know, he doesn't procrastinate. When you're negotiating with him, and I don't speak on behalf of another club, another general manager, but I do observe that usually when he has something in mind, if he wants to upgrade his decor or his forward, he'll work the phones and he won't sit on a deal. If he thinks it's the right deal for the organization, he'll pull the trigger quick. Where some, some GMs, they'll take more time. Some of them will take months sometimes. So um, it's not an easy seat to have. He's been there for 10 years. And um, anyway, as a friend, I want him to be successful. But at the same time, when I sit with him and I'm negotiating a contract with him, I want what I want what's best for my player. And we're clear with that. We're very clear with that. When I, uh, he doesn't like always my, my calls with him. Sometimes they're great. Sometimes they're not fun. Sometimes, I mean, it's, and he understands and I respect, uh, his business acumen, but sometimes we have to, and I do have a lot of friends in the NHL. I, yeah. I, I learned Mark very well, but geez, Rock Blake, I represent Blake. Luke yeah, he's the president of the, I can name so many my general managers and coaches and friends that, but we have to, as uh, representatives and as agents, we do, we got to do what's right for our players, and uh, that's important. It's important for us to be very, very clear. In ending, agents have turned general manager in the past. It happened with Mark Barnett. It happened recently with Bill Zito. Your name comes up every now and then, and I'm not only talking about Montreal, but any market. Has it ever piqued your curiosity? Uh, a career change to go from agent to GM, albeit in the past, now, maybe in the future? Yes or no? Oh, of course. I think if you're if you're a good businessman, you always look at your options. If you're whether you're a um, you know you 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 run Amazon or or uh, or FedEx or whatever, you always you you ha you have to look at your options in life. You have to look at that. You have to put goals for yourself. I mean, uh, I love doing what I do. Uh, I love making a difference in, in, in players' lives. I love, I love helping our young staff growing. Um, 
we have a fantastic practice. I mean, we have an amazing draft coming again. We have probably seven to nine kids ranked in the first round. Um, our next few drafts are looking very bright ahead of us. We're developing players. Uh, I enjoy doing what I'm doing. I mean, but I think as a, as a person, you always have to look at getting better what you do and always uh, explain your options in, in order to keep your options open and continue to evaluate yourself and what makes you happy. Okay, so uh, now you open the door here. How interested in being a GM uh, in terms of percentage, one to three years, three to five years? Not really. Uh, honestly, Tony, it's not really. It, 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 I don't, I'll put a timeline on it. It's not really in the cards. Um, I'm focused in, in looking at what continue to do what I'm doing. When I say options, things come your way sometimes, and you don't expect it, and you have to evaluate when they come. But it's, it's really not um, – something I'm waiting for, I'm looking for, or not at all. Absolutely not. It's the sick podcast. And the show was brought to you by my Essentia. Check them out. My slash sick pod and see why Essentia is the mattress of choice for many athletes, including over 25% of professional hockey players use code sick pod for a free pillow with your purchase. Essentia beyond organic sleep. Special thanks to all the sponsors, the sick podcast, and especially special thanks to you, Pat Brisson, what a fun chat this was for me. I hope it was half as fun for you as great. it was for me. It was great, Tony. I appreciate you having me. I appreciate it a lot. Love what you do. Keep doing what you do. And uh, we keep the fans uh, excited about our game. So uh, you're very passionate, and I love your work. So thank you. Thank you very much. Papriso, merci beaucoup. The number one hockey agent in the world. And now, my new best friend. I hope you can listen to us and watch us on all social media platforms, including Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at the sick podcast. Merci, Pat. Merci. Merci, Tony. Merci. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google play, and Apple podcasts. The sick podcast is brought to you by Essentia. The world's only natural memory foam mattress. Beyond Organic Sleep.